Hello, hooligans, and welcome back to another episode of the Weaving Words Podcast. Uh, this week's episode, we got a very special guest who goes by the name of Josh, the Professor Williamson. Uh, for those of you who don't know Josh, uh, he goes by the Professor. Um, I thought it was a little weird at first, too. It's because he's always wearing this lab coat, no matter where he goes. And I used to think when I first met him that it was like, oh, he must have a bunch of them, but like the same stains are on every on the coat every time I see him, and he must just wash it every time or something. Like, uh, but what's up with the coat, Josh? Like, why? No, no, I actually, I actually have the same stain on every coat to remain consistent, so I look like a cartoon character. <laughs> there you go, there you go. <laughs> no, but uh, kidding about the coat. What, what's up with the? Where does the professor come from? What's the story on that? Yeah, so the professor, uh, it's kind of a interesting story. Uh, my buddy Aaron, which I think was on the, the podcast. Wiz, yes. Yep. Uh, me and him and a couple other friends in high school decided to have some middle names to go by on Facebook. <laughs> so the the guy or the man was already taken, and Aaron took the whiz. And I was like, the professor sounds good. <laughs> and uh, the reason for that is because uh, ever since I graduated high school, I wanted to be a, a math teacher. And so every time I would open up Facebook, I'd see my middle name as the professor and it'd be like, oh, yeah, that's my goal. That's like my end game. And so now I'm a teacher, which is, uh, yeah, pretty cool. That's cool. Maybe one day you will be a professor. Who yeah. knows? Who knows where life will take you? You're still young. <laughs> yeah. O- only 45 years old. You're o- good. Only 45. <laughs> no, actually, I think you're younger than me, no matter, even though it looks the other way around. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like, oh, man. Uh, but yeah, besides uh, talking about your crazy, dirty, uh, non-existent lab coat, uh, I brought you on because I wanted to talk some stories that uh, Josh or the professor found uh, had a lot of passion for. Uh, what was the first one? Something from your past, like you look back on and, and you think fondly of, or you just, every time you think about it, you're like, that was a cool story, or that was a good series, or whatever. Yeah, so uh, in elementary school and into junior high and then a little bit into high school uh, was the Artemis Fowl series, which was a pretty popular book series back in the day who writes that who's author ian colfer see the artemis foul name sounds like super familiar but i don't like you were telling me about it and then a little bit beforehand and it just it didn't strike a bell maybe i just remember seeing it all the time like in a book fair or something like that yeah it was one of those books i was kind of like you'd always see it popular adjacent yeah <laughs> well what was the series about like uh so uh it was about this uh teenage preteen named artemis fowl and uh he was basically the heir to a multi-billion dollar somewhat criminal organization somewhat legit and he his dad was missing so he decided to look into other means of finding him and stumbled upon the magical world of fairies goblins goons and all that stuff which uh was a big no-no for them right and so in the first book he spoiler alert um they end up kind of becoming fast friends and they try and kill him at the end to deal with a bigger threat but it's pretty cool wait who becomes friends with who so the there's a particular police officer in the magic world Uh, i don't remember her name but she's like a fairy and they have to like fight a greater evil artemis and this and this police officer kind of team up to right and then at the end of it they're like well they know about us, so we have to just basically like human bug bomb the entire mansion. They call oh, it the wow. blue bomb. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Went on. And uh how many books was it like? Um it was five and a half. Wait, what? <laughs> how? <laughs> so there are five five main stories. Artemis, 
uh, Artemis in the Arctic, Artemis in the Eternity Cube, Opal Deception, and The Lost Colony. And then there was one for like fans that had like, what magical creature would you be quiz and stuff like that. So kind of like more extra of an activity lore. book or background. Yeah. Almost like a D and D manual type thing. Like <laughs> exactly. a little bit of fluff and then some, uh, some player stuff. So what about the story? Like when you look back to it, what about it makes you like, like it? Like, what, was it just the setting, the characters or the overall story? Yeah. So it was, it was like, it was the overall story was cool. Cause it was mixing magic and, and the real world. world. Yeah. And and Artemis was a really uh, a character I really connected with because when I was growing up I wasn't always the most confident person but I thought of myself as pretty smart so having internal conversations is what he does and he always figures something out yeah works works it out in his head right and as a teacher like problem solving is one of my specialties now yeah yeah that's cool man um, what was I gonna say. So, uh, <laughs> right, you should know, dude. You should know. Aren't you? I thought we were linked up. Um, so, how? What, when did the last book come out? Um, how old were you when the last book came out? Uh, the last book, the last, the Lost Colony, came out. Oh boy, I was probably a freshman in high school, so 2007. Well, it's not too bad. It's not too long ago. And then uh, you said they they might be doing or they are doing a movie for sure. So th- before this whole coronavirus pandemic happened they were uh the last movie i went and saw in theaters they actually previewed the artemis fowl movie oh no way they had a trailer for it and everything yeah so i was pretty stoked and then (laughs) bam sad day did you not know it was gonna happen before that so when you were watching it, you're like oh my god i remember this Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly that's what brought up the memories because it was like kind of repressed behind there but yeah well there's some stuff like that where you just completely forget about it like um what was it? Is it called like the His Dark or the Dark Materials? Those three books, The Golden Compass, The Subtle Knife, and then I forget what the last one's called. Um, but same thing. I forgot all about that series because it's funny. When I was uh, going to middle school, I read those, and I read it out of order. I read The Subtle Knife and then the third book, and then I read the first one afterwards. I was like, oh, shoot, this is supposed to be before it. But I thought that was a cool universe, and they made The Golden Compass a movie, and it was all right. But they're doing a TV show, I think, based off of the whole series. Um, and same thing until they – I didn't know that – what what they were talking about when they said like oh they're doing a, a movie off of the the dark materials or whatever i think it's called the dark materials or his dark materials i forget what it is um and i was like i don't know what that is and they're like golden compass was like oh yeah i know golden compass okay mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it, it, like you said it, it unlocks like this memory like oh shoot i forgot all about that mm-hmm. oh, that's funny um so that's one from uh from your past what about recently uh what have you read watched played so over the past couple of years, I uh, got into comic book collecting a little bit and just dabbled, uh, not as much as you, obviously. But uh, one of the ones that uh, you recommended and like was kind of a passion of mine beforehand was Scooby Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Scooby Scooby Apocalypse is really good. It's published by DC, which is owned by Warner Brothers. That's why they're able to do all the Hanna-Barbera, Looney Tunes, uh, DC characters. Is It's all under their umbrella um, of what they own. Um, and the Scooby Apocalypse series was really, really cool. Um, a little background on that. Uh, Jim Lee came up with the idea. That's why he was doing a lot of the covers for it at first. Is he just came up with the idea of what if the monsters were real? <laughs> what if it wasn't just them, like old guys in a suit? And uh, and then they got the writer and the artist to go, you know, go along with it, and they did it. How many issues did they end up going to? Um, so I bought the, the, the trade trades, backs, yeah. and I think there was about six issues per, so about thirty six. Damn, dude, that's a lot of. It's a lot of books. Yeah. Um, but what would you like about that series? Like, so, well, 
Uh, no. So I really, I really like Scooby Doo just from growing up and this like kind of adult version air quotes around Scooby Doo. More serious, yeah, more yeah, serious. Definitely more serious. Was definitely intriguing. So I, I was like, oh, I'll pick up the first volume and see how I like it. And that was like maybe two or three months after the first volume came out, and it was really good. It was yeah. like real. You caught up pretty quick to the trades out. I remember you got the first and the second one and then you're like is there any more i'm like oh, you already got everything that's out mm-hmm. <laughs> what about the story though like uh what, what do you remember specifically about the story going on because i've only read the first or second volume we were talking about earlier so you know a little bit more about the overall story than i do yeah so it just has it has an alternate way of how the gang meet each other based around this one apocalyptic event so uh spoilers again Velma kind of works with this company to develop a nanite that will like rid the world of all emotions so there's no more conflict. It's supposed to control them, yeah. Right. And and what she didn't know is that the company she worked for tainted it to where when she spread it over the entire world, they mutated into monsters. So all of the humans on Earth, except for a select few, became monsters. And so, based on that event, Shaggy was the dog trainer for the company. Yeah, he was training uh, smart dogs, right? The smart dog program, yeah. Yeah, so that's why, that's how Scooby can quote-unquote talk, is, uh, the, he, does he, he doesn't actually talk, though, right? He has, like, the little s- bubbles, right? Like, like the speech bubbles, or does he actually talk, talk? No, no, he talks. He's got cybernetics. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. um, I think at first they showed him with, like, emoticons and stuff like that, and, um... Yeah, Shaggy was the trainer. He was just a nice guy. They were saying like he's just there just to watch the dogs. He mm-hmm. had, he had, he has no part besides training the dogs in this company. Yeah. Um and then uh how do uh what's his name? Fred, Fred and Daphne. And, yeah. So Daphne is like an investigative journalist uh whose shows got turned down and got more wonky into more like monster hunter stuff. Yeah, like ghost hunters like not serious. Nobody took him seriously. They were like on daytime TV and stuff. Right. And and Fred was her cameraman, and they got a tip, an anonymous tip, which happened to come from Velma, about this nasty plot from the company Velma worked for. So they went to go interview. Everything went down. Now there's monsters and the gang's all together. Right. And then they have like a badass mystery machine, too. It's like oh, a freaking yeah. battle wagon. It was freaking legit. <laughs> Teched out. Like tech com- imagine, imagine if a tech company got a hold of a Volkswagen van and had <laughs> unlimited resources. That's and then what uh, it it's funny because uh, Shaggy is like a hipster who's always eating sandwiches and stuff. And then uh, Fred is like this big buff dude with tribal tattoos and like, dude, it, I thought it was cool. It was, it was a really cool retelling. Um, was that at the end of the first or second volume where they show uh, Scrappy? Uh, that was at the end of the first one. Yeah, so that's as far as I got. Then um, was a uh, Scrappy shows up at the end and he's like getting up and walking on his hind legs and stuff. And turns out he's like a really smart dog. And for some reason doesn't like Scooby. What, do they explain why or? Yeah, they do. So, so just to give you some perspective, Scooby was like the 1.0, uh, smart dog program and Scrappy was 2.0. So uh. if you saw the, the live action Scooby movie and all its cheesy glory, imagine Scrappy at the very end when he's all big and buff, but, actually terrifying actually yeah actually big and buff yeah <laughs> yeah and he rounds up all the other smart dogs right and they kind of like bully or pick on scooby i remember seeing that in some of the panels right exactly that's the reason they don't like scooby is because he was the weak link he was like the the runt of the smart dog litter so to speak right 
Um, and then, uh, so what happens after the first one then? So, uh, Scrappy's trying to find them and track them down. Um, what are some of the conflicts in the series? Some of the conflicts include what happens if they run into other survivors. Um, one of the new mutant monsters has telekinetic powers and basically imagines an entire city of humans. Oh, telepathic. Yeah. And they don't realize it until the very end. And it's like crazy it's just all monsters there <laughs> well it's all it's all it's all her her teleconnect power is so powerful that she was able to create a city of people uh, and hide her true form so she looked like a human and it looked like a safe haven yeah but it wasn't that's interesting um what about when they run into other survivors because i didn't run into that at all during the first volume yeah so so scrappy actually runs into a a kid who's missing an arm and they go into later detail about how he missed his arm. And Scrappy decides to take care of him at first. And he, like, makes him his pet and kind of turns that whole uh, relationship on its head, which is really interesting. But ends up forming a deep relationship for yeah, this child. Yeah, uh, forms a bond with him. That's interesting. Um, do, does the gang ever run into other survivors? Yeah. So at one point, they run into one of Velma's older brothers who happens to be one of the owners of the company who tainted uh, the thing. Yeah, they purposely... Well, that's another thing I was going to ask too is do they ever show what happens to any of those guys? Like, do they ever get their comeuppance like the, the owners of the company or... Yeah, so they... Y- you end up running into two of them. One of them gets... is a total jerk and he gets overrun by mutants at the end. And then the other one uh, finds him kind of dead to rights but he comes back and he's just burned to all get out and yeah it's it's crazy it's a really good series and then one one big thing happens in the series that never happened to scooby-doo one of the gang dies right yeah so that's a huge (laughs) huge spoiler but one of the gang dies and and comes back with this nanite virus as like a zombie monster version of himself is he like actually zombie like a little bit dumber or or is he just a zombie, like just so n- normal strength, normal uh, normal mental capacity, or so he has all his mental capacity and strength and stuff, but like his body's still decaying. So at one point, he like accidentally bites his own finger off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he is all there mentally. That's pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, I remember what got me to look at it was uh, one of the covers looked badass. It was um. Velma in front of like a uh, uh, barbecue grill, like on fire, like like uh, with a big giant like Bowie knife, and she was like, "I'm like, dude, damn, dude, Velma looks freaking badass right there." Like, um, it's cool though because they all have at one point guns and all that stuff. Like, you just you'd never expect that from Scooby Doo. You're like, dude, Scooby with guns, like, <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the things they have to deal with is like, do they kill the monsters for survival, understanding that they are still humans trying to look for a cure? Or do they simply try and run away and hope they can find the cure? Do they ever find the cure? Because it went worldwide, right? Like, yeah, yeah, overnight, bam, everyone's a, uh, basically everyone's a, a monster, monster. Yeah. Do they find a cure by the end of it? Because we were talking about how they they kind of had to wrap it up really fast, and you know, I was telling you one of the reasons is they were going to cancel the series whether it was wrapped up or not. Um, so do they kind of bring everyone back, or does it kind of leave it open for maybe another series later, or? No, they they wrap it up pretty nice. They do find a cure. Um, basically, there's like a sect of the nanites who become sentient and want to help. Uh, That's interesting. 
fix the issue and they do. Well, that's pretty cool though. Yeah. It's like you said, it might have been a little rushed, but that, that's kind of cool. That's interesting, especially with uh, the whole AI thing. You know, you never know. You never know what'll happen, good or bad. It can it can get uh, exponentially uh, crazier. That's a pretty cool one. Yeah. Um, what about looking forward to? Is there any stories that you're looking forward to? Um, anything that you uh have either been watch or started to watch or looking forward to watching or reading or playing or anything like that? You know what? Not really. No, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> no, I'm uh, like I'm all storied out. I'm just gonna sit down and watch uh <laughs> something that I've watched already. That's just not watch good. Watch Star Wars for the fifth millionth time. <laughs> totally cool with that. <laughs> but uh, no, one of the, one of the stories that again, Roman, you interest introduced me to is uh an older anime from uh, it's from 2014. Did you know that? Yeah. Called uh, Haikyuu. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, so I just started watching that on Saturday. So this is like three days after. It's pretty good. Um, it's how, basically how far into it are you now? Because you said you watched them at home, right? I'm only like maybe eleven episodes in. So you're not through the first season, huh? Yeah. No, no, not at all. Oh, that's such a good series, though. That it is long. I think like the seasons are like twenty episodes each, dude. They're they're pretty long, but they're good. Like it, it you always want more. The way, it, even watching the third season, like you want more. I need to. I think the fourth season is going on right now. I need to just uh, find it. I think it's on Crunchyroll start watching it uh but what about it do you like so uh my brother caleb who was also on your podcast a little while ago uh he played volleyball in uh elementary school junior high high school i find myself in a position now where i'm the volleyball club advisor for my school so i've watched a lot of volleyball in the last year and a half so you're like that one character in there the, the advisor who's lining up the <laughs> the events for him and stuff yeah talk, talk <laughs> yeah so so it's it's really cool this, to watch this show from my newfound perspective of volleyball, and I, I'm not an anime guy. Like I don't really watch anime; it wasn't really my thing. But being able to see this anime and then kind of think back to my players and my students, and being able to relate them, and then the show's actually pretty like sport accurate in yeah my yeah we were talking about it earlier so there's some an- sports animes where they just they kind of go off the walls i was telling you about uh kuroko's no basket where there's a character who can 100 percent of the time make you know shots beyond the 50 you know beyond the, the half court um and that's like his crazy skill is you know he only has enough to do like three or four and then he starts building up the skill or the stamina to do like five or eight or something like that um but that's kind of like not real you know they, they show a lot of stuff that's just not it's a little out there but if you watch um uh Haikyuu or Haikyuu um a lot of the stuff they exaggerate it to explain what's going on you know they'll do stuff like a uh, zero spin or you know setting or bumping or you know uh receiving uh spikes and jumping and all that and um and again they they at, at first they'll, they'll like over exaggerate it to explain it because if you're not into it like I wasn't into volleyball so if you don't know you don't know they'll, they'll just do it and you're like okay yeah whatever he did that but it's like no he did something crazy right there and this is what he's doing and they they sometimes will over exaggerate, but it's believable. You know, when they hit the crap out of a ball, that actually happens. It just doesn't happen in slow motion or just doesn't look like they're doing a sonic boom with it. But it feels like it. You know, I've played sports. There's been times where it feels like, oh damn, like this like went slow mo or or this like uh um you know was more impactful than it actually looked. Um so that is one cool thing is uh they they do a good job explaining the stuff and, and showing the significance. You know, when somebody does like a perfect serve or when somebody spikes it and they can't stop it, like they do a good job showing like 
this is what it was. Um, so, and, and yeah, like you said, it's, it's pretty accurate as far as I can tell. I, I didn't see anything that I was like, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's not, I don't believe that at all. Um, yeah, because they showed the one guy who can serve really well from that one school with the light, like mint green, which I'm calling it. I was telling you later on, he does like this really hard serve, but even then it's believable. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, that's dumb. Like, why would they put that in here? Uh, but no, it is cool. I, I do like that it's somewhat, uh, um, it, it gets you interested in learning about it too. Because again, I wasn't into volleyball at all. So I went in looked up a bunch of the stuff. I'm like, oh, this is kind of legit. And yeah, like you said, you and your brother have a, a background. Even Aaron, right? You said Aaron had some uh, volleyball background as well. Yeah, yeah. So Aaron played volleyball in elementary school. Uh, in case you guys didn't know, we went. We're best friends since third grade. So, uh, yeah, he's crazy. You can <laughs> quote me on that. His his dad his dad was a volleyball coach, uh, basically all the way until we were in high school. So uh, he he like basically between my brother uh, Caleb, my other brother Aaron, and me, we oh, I've got a decent grasp on how volleyball works, and the show is pretty accurate to the sport. And like you're saying, like. They over exaggerate to the point where you can understand that it was impactful, yeah, but not where it's unbelievable. Right? It's not like because we were talking about it. Like, was it you or Caleb? Were like, oh, it'd be cool if they did this, but like over the top, not believable. I'm like, yeah, they did that in Hunter Hunter. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. when they're doing the dodgeball, I'm like, oh yeah, that that's when it gets over the top. Like, dude, you're killing, you're you're killing a dude with the volleyball. Like, nah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, or like ripping the skin off your hand <laughs> yeah. from the force of the the serve. The or impact, yeah. So no, they do a good job. Uh, what about the the characters though? Like, uh, are 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 you a fan of certain characters? Is there anyone that are your favorite so far, or you just appreciate everyone for what they are? I I appreciate all of them. Um, I just uh, I can see my players in that show. Yeah. Like my my real life players. So it's like, oh, like that's my guy, and he's you know the tiny giant, or like that's my ace right there i know exactly what they're talking about now right and it's so it's so cool to see it, especially since i can't go to a game right now which is boys volleyball season would be happening right now but uh i, I just i like you understand how much dedication they have and passion for the game and as their advisor for my actual school i can see that now and i see why my team off season they're playing volleyball winter when you know school's out they're playing volleyball any chance they get they're playing volleyball so it's it's really cool to connect the passion between my actual players and the show and seeing like the connections yeah well we were talking about that earlier uh, when we're getting food um you know the big thing that japan does really well with sports animes in general um because again like nobody ever especially most of these sports not everybody plays so you can't really make it um connect like people aren't going to connect to everything because uh, again i'm not a, i'm not a volleyball fan i have no background in it at all but this is one of my favorite if not my favorite sports anime this one and uh yo musha pedal which is the same thing but biking um like uh uh road bikes um but the big thing that japan does really well with sports uh anime and manga and stuff is the passion um you know just like i tell some of my guests is they'll be nervous about telling the stories they like this and that and i tell them just talk about what you like because if you are passionate about it it'll go through people will connect and and they'll want to listen and they'll want to you know take your advice on certain stories um and that's one thing that japan just does really well like you watch this and one the characters are good there's no character that you're just like like this character's dumb they all have their own stuff like we were talking about that one guy with the glasses how he's kind of an asshole and it's like yeah but there's a backstory to it that they go into later on you realize you're like oh that's why um you know the the main kid uh hinata um the way he the reason he is the way he is is he only got one game in middle school volleyball 
and he he worked so hard just to get that one game in you know he, he was the only uh, person on the club and that was the only game he ever did and he just wants to play volleyball and to him in order to stay on the court longer you have to win and that's why he wants to win because he wants to keep playing more and more volleyball and it's cool seeing the dynamic because even though the you know is the main character i can kind of make the argument that the, the him and the other guy are the two main ones like they're the main main ones yeah. um Kageyama. Yeah, I names, um, but the king of the court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's a cool character, too. Um, again, you see a lot of his background. Um, again, they just did a really good job with everyone, too. Because some of the guys that you're like, oh, they're just supporting members. Like, not everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own reason. There is no, I don't I don't think I've found any throwaway characters besides some of the ones that are, like, just there to meant to be, like, thrown away. Like, some of the girls on the team, they, they go into it a little bit later on. Um you know they're kind of I don't want to say throwaway because they they interact with some of the main characters and they are a good part of the story, um, like tertiary characters. Yeah, um, but everybody, even from other teams, you're like, oh, they're done. Like, nah, dude, these guys, they 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 start training and practicing and really just get this big camaraderie with a lot of the the nearby schools, and uh, they support each other. And it's cool because you think like, oh, they they beat them and that's it, or they lost them and that's it. They're going to the next team. I was like, no, they all support each other and they're all rivals and they all make them each other better. And it's cool because every time they beat someone or they get beat, they come back and it's like completely different. They they, they did a good job of showing that off. Um, and it's it's really cool seeing this school because we talked about it I think on Saturday where everybody like looked down on uh, the school that the the main characters are part of. Cause they're not good anymore. Like um, they used to have the the little giant or the tiny giant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he was part of that school, and they hadn't really won anything big since then, especially since the coach left. Um, so they uh, was it Corono or Corasano? Uh, yeah, they're like oh Corasano, they're just the crows with the clipped wings. Because I guess their name tr- translates to crows. Like oh, they got clipped wings. They can't fly. And then it was cool getting the Neko whatever uh, school uh, to, to play them. And then they're like, oh, the, the, <laughs> the bat. Yeah, it's like the cats and the crows, the battle of the junkyard or something yeah. like that. It's pretty funny. Um, some of those characters you were talking about earlier, some of those characters are cool. Like, they just do a good job with all the other characters. Have you ran into the big guy yet? Uh, when you say big guy, you're talking about Asai, the ace? Yeah, from the... the... From Cross now? No, no, no. Oh, then you haven't. Spoilers, there, <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, there's a big dude. The one I keep saying, like, he's like a freaking adult with these kids. Because mm-hmm. you know how everybody has kind of like, uh, there's an animal to him? He's the eagle. He's like the eagle. He's on top of everyone else. There's nobody near him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool. When you, when you, when you, they show him, you're going to be like, oh, that's the guy. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. I look so, yeah, forward to that. Yeah, I look forward to that. <laughs> um, but that was a good one. Um, yeah, dude, I, I love Haku. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to catch up with the newest season. I think season four is going on right now. I think so. I can't remember. It's all subbed right now, though, so it's a little harder. I like watching it sub because it forces me to to watch it. The problem is, is like, I don't know. It's the same problem. as like the, the reason I like it is the reason I don't like it. The reason I like it is it makes me watch it. The reason I don't like it is, man, I got to watch it. Now it feels like it's an actual activity instead of just putting someone on in the background and be like, oh, that's cool. But I don't know. If I throw it on, I'll probably get all in, engrossed in it anyways and bang it all out. Um and then, uh, so we talked about the the team, the characters. Um, hmm. Trying to think what what else. I was going to ask you something about the volleyball stuff, and I forgot already. Um, well, don't hurt yourself. I know. You're like, <laughs> these last few weeks has been a little hard just because of everything going on. Like, I've been sleeping all weird. I told you I freaking burnt my blanket earlier, so that was fun. I'm um, having to worry about that, and I got to go buy a new set of blankets. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it, actually. Um, quick episode this time uh 
So what about, uh, do you have a prompt for a future story for me to write? A prompt? Hmm. It can be I'll anything. Have, I'll have to think about it. <laughs> but I feel like it has something to do with the Green Lantern Corps. The Green Lantern Corps? Cool, cool. Yeah. I can do that because Aaron uh, said like my take on a cosmic story, so I can just combine both of those since they're both cosmic. So, yeah. yeah, I'll do that. All righty. Well, thanks a lot, Josh. Um, for anybody trying to see what Josh is up to, I don't really think you're all that active on social media, right? Nah, I'm old school. Facebook, <laughs> I don't even post on it. Yeah, I was just there say. for the memes. <laughs> just there for the memes. And to keep in touch with all the other people if you want to play games or anything like that, huh? Yeah. Right on. Um, but yeah, if they were looking to find you, Josh, the Professor Williamson, again, you're really not a whole lot active on there. Um, you can always, when school's back up, uh, again, you said you're the, the volleyball um, advisor, so you can, I guess, show up to a game and be like, yay, Josh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't have those instant grandmas or those chat snaps. <laughs> you hooligans. <laughs> Alrighty, yeah. If you're uh, if you're looking for Weaving Words podcast, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Weaving Words Podcast. Obviously, uh, we have a Discord server for uh, Weaving Words called uh, the Hooligan Squad. Um, I always put a link for it in the description. Uh, if you have any questions, any recommendations, anything to do with the podcast, again, feel free to let me know. Um, and uh, I'll take into uh, consideration. You know, there's a lot of stuff we can always get better. Every day is a chance for you to get better. I don't know if I'm not if I'm doing something not that great or wrong or or if I can be better unless you guys tell me. Uh, so I do appreciate the feedback. I appreciate people sharing. I've had a lot of people uh, uh, sharing the episodes when they come out. It's, it's a lot of it, it makes me feel really good seeing like my friends and people that I don't even know just liking and sharing it and stuff. So it's really really cool. Um, other than that, um, that's pretty much it. Until next time, uh, that was Roman and the professor. And uh, have a good one. Goodbye.